Hey everyone, I'm Gracie. Welcome to the Grace of a Military Child podcast. The world should know how unique military children are. We may look like normal children on the outside, but we go through some pretty extraordinary circumstances that shape us to the leaders we are today. Keep listening to hear the incredible journey this week's guest has been on. Hi, Lacey. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to have you on. Thank you. Thank you. So tell me a little bit kind of about your military experience and your military background. So I uh, served in the United States Marine Corps. Um, I was an E-5. I was a sergeant, a military police officer, and um, I did five years active duty and then three years on the back end of inactive reserve. Um, I have a family. Uh, I have a daughter uh, while I was in the military, um, a husband, a military spouse um, on the husband's side. So that's a little different. You know, you have a lot of military spouse wives, but, you know, having a military spouse husband, it was, I mean, all the time, you know, uh, thank you for your service to my husband. Um, right. you know, so it was, it was an incredible experience. Um, definitely the military, um, taught me traits that I use every single day, not only as a WWE wrestler, um, but as a mother and as a human being, um, and the motivation. So I wouldn't change it for the world and I miss it every single day. <laughs> yeah. So what kind of made you take the transition out of the military from the Marines to the wrestling world? Um, well, as you know, as a military child, um, it's difficult. Um, it's difficult in any career, but military, um, especially in my opinion, um, knowing both sides, uh, to raise a family, to have a marriage in the military. Um, I mean, I loved it to death, but my upbringing as a child, um, with drug addiction, depression, and mental health, um, when WWE offered me a a chance to even do a tryout, to even get an opportunity that big, much less get a contract, the minute that was offered to me, I knew right then that my platform and my ability to impact the world on a larger scale was going to, to it was going to happen. Um, and with depression, mental health, addiction, all that, and what I had to say about the subject coming from personal experience, um, motivated me to, it was as if, in my opinion, God was giving me an opportunity to help, help people. And on a much larger scale, I think that anybody who's, who signs a contract with, with the military, they do it selflessly, um, because they know what they're, they're giving. They know the, the schedule is going to be hard. You're, you're defending our country. You're going to stand up for what's right. You, you know, so I already had a motivation to not just change the world, but help people. And, and I did that in the military as a military police officer, but it wasn't, I wasn't making an impact that I thought I could make on such a large scale, like I could. And like I do with WWE, just being a voice alone, social media alone to show the world that it doesn't matter where you come from, what you've been through. You can do anything you want in life. You could become anybody that you want to become. Um, it doesn't matter the drugs. It doesn't matter the addiction, the depression, the, the violence, um, your upbringing, you can break the cycle. And that's what I did. And that's what I knew I could portray um, as a WWE sports entertainer. 
Yeah. And, you know, you have that huge platform where you can reach just about the entire world at your fingertips that you wouldn't have had if you were, you know, still in the Marines, still serving. Um, You know, obviously you have a different platform in a different capacity, but with wrestling and WWE, you can get the message out to everyone to break the cycle, to, to keep going when the times are hard and things like that. Right. And that's what motivates me. You know, um, you know, I, there's a saying like, if, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, WWE is hard. Yes. The Marine Corps is hard. Um, but it, I have that passion that every day I know every post I make, every time I'm on TV, I can reach out to the the youth. I could reach out to parents that maybe be when they hear my story, because, you know, um, life is hard and I'm a prime example of, of, uh, a cycle that's been broken. It, you know, I, every single day I work on it, I work on myself, my mental health, my goals, my life, my family. And, uh, I do not let what I've been through or where I come from dictate who the hell I'm going to become and what day I'm going to have today. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's a struggle for a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, when you're in that moment, it seems so powerful and like whatever emotions you're feeling, whatever's going on, it seems so powerful that it just takes over. And then, you know, in the back end of it, you're looking like, oh, it wasn't really that big of a deal. Like, you know, I could have got up and moved on. Like I didn't have to dwell in the moment. I didn't have to, to, you know, have as bad as a day that I actually did because of how I was feeling. Right. And it's too late by then. It's right. like you let, and it's, it's easier said than done. Don't get yes. me wrong. I, I'm not perfect. I have some days where I don't just jump up, throw on a little makeup, grab a coffee and, and, and kick ass and take names. Mm-hmm. There are days that I don't make it out of the bathroom without having to wash my face twice because of my tears. And so I do want that to be known because mental health is, is hard. Life is hard. And so I'm not, you know, you see all this motivation and yeah, she's a WWE superstar, but no, there I'm a human being. And there are days that I struggle. And like you said, you look on the back end and you, you realize like, damn, I just lost 24 hours of my life. And I sat there and wallered in my self-pity or whatever it is that you're you know, that's, that's bothering you. It could be bills. It could be your children as a mother. It could be a child of a military, you know, in the military, whose, whose father or mother is deployed and gone. And here you are just like, you know, but those days are important too. Those days of just crying about it and, and and acknowledging it, you know, and working from there are important too, because it it gives you, you know, more strength and and helps you release some of that stress and that sadness. So, you know, it's both ways, you know, cry about it, but also wash your face and grab the coffee and and let's rock and roll. Let's, let's push past this. Like you said. Yeah. When dad deployed, I was literally on the couch for a week crying my eyes out. Like it was that bad. And I am completely a daddy's girl, like always have been, always will be. You know, before I was even born, my mom said um, she remembers that I was not very active. But then when dad would come around, she'd feel me flipping and tossing and turning. And just because I knew he was around. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, yeah, when he deployed, when he'd go to work, when he'd go for training because he was reserved. So he wasn't always gone all the time. Um, Whenever that would happen, those would be my days of I'm just out of it. I'd spend 
days in the guidance counselor's office at school because I couldn't focus on school and school, you know, has been in like, is my life. Mm -hmm. Like I love school. I live and breathe school, but because of that struggle, I did not live and breathe school during those days. And so mom, she was just so annoyed with me. Like she was like, okay, I know he's gone. I know, you know, but we can't do this for the next 400 days. She's like, you got to pick yourself up and keep going because if you're going to do this for 400 days, I don't know who, how we're going to get through it. Right. No, that, that's a good mom though, too, to, to realize Mm -hmm. that. And, And you, you mentioned something and you said counseling, like, that's mm-hmm. so important. People don't realize like, you know, to find, to even acknowledge that you got a problem and now you were a child. So like, that's, right. that's a little different, but your mom's stepping in and ensuring that you got that, you know, that's parents need to be aware of their children's sadnesses or mental health and, and work on that just as much as they need to work on their self care. And that's another thing. It's like, you know, it's, it, some people think selfishly of parents who put themselves first in certain capacities, but it's important. And I, I've said this before. It's like, you cannot fill your, somebody's cup, your children's cup. If your cup is empty, Yeah, you can't do it. So your mom and I've met her and that's a bad, <laughs> excuse my French, but she, there's, there's not very many women who motivate me in, in certain ways because I've, I've had a very rough, you know, And, but your mom is one of them. She, so I can imagine her seeing your pain and saying, no, not only Mm -hmm. get up, but we're going to go to counseling. We are going to do everything we can to fix this. And that's what the world needs more of is women like your mom and, and women like you who have a platform and use this to help fit military families, military children, people that are going through certain things, good, bad and, and in the middle, you know, this is what life's about is, um, is getting up when you don't want to, when you feel you can't. Yeah. And, you know, even like, it's still hard and like, we are out of the military. Like, you know, dad's been retired for, I think eight years now, um, June will be eight years, but I, you know, it's still hard. Like you still live that military life. You're still in the family. You're still connected to it. And that never leaves. Right. As much as you think, you know, you can just like kind of drop the military life as you when you retire, like as much as it may seem like that, it it doesn't. You you're still connected. That is still your family. That's still your brotherhood, your sisterhood. That that's that's basically um all the family I have because I don't really have extended family. We don't talk to them. So it's basically just a military family. Yeah, and people don't realize that either. I mean you guys have, well, the military, obviously the, your brothers and sisters in arms, like that's one camaraderie thing. But like, as you said, that's your family on Mm -hmm. your extended family, because guess what? Y'all moved around so much. You've done, you don't get stationed back at home with me, mom and papa. I'm sorry. That's just Mm -hmm. not the life that, and then with you, you having to move around in different schools or your mom, different jobs, like they don't realize the impact, the long-term impact that it has not only on your mental health, but your life. Like you, you gain different families, you know, and, and they become your support system. They become your family. Um, and then the sadness that comes with it there. I mean, you lost your father essentially for a yeah. whole over a year, you know, in your mind, in your baby brain, that stuff isn't, that doesn't 
change. That doesn't just go away when he comes back. You mentally had to. So there's programs that are that are set in place that like me and your mom talk that should be better and, and should be more highlighted a lot of times in the military, even when you get out as veterans, that there's not. And they, you know, there are good programs, but then on the other side, there 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 aren't good enough programs, you know, but that's where people like you and your podcast come in where you can highlight and bring it to light and, and hear these stories where people can connect. And, um, what do you, what's the word when we can relate to each other? Mm-hmm. You know, I can relate to you as, 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 because I had a military child, but, but then I can also relate to your father, like, and then we can connect and, and be there for each other. And, and like I said, that's what the world needs. That's what it's about. Um, but it's hard. They don't see both sides. You know, they, they hear military family and they, oh, you know, military brat or, yep. or veteran or, but they don't, they don't realize the extent of it, you know? And then, I mean, in your father now, what he's been through, you know, cause I got the, the blessing of getting to meet your family on a more personal level. Um, and what he's done for our country and the man that he still is today, even though what he's been through in having a daughter like you, like they don't know what's left with your family. They don't see those nights behind closed doors and what you guys still struggle with. And that's what this podcast is helping people realize is like it, it continues, it goes on, but we fight through it. We keep pushing. We get our heads up. Like your mom told you, you get out, get your butt off the bed and let's Mm -hmm. march forward. And that's what, you know, it's it's awesome. Yeah, because if you have those days where, you, you know, every day is a struggle and there's no hiding that, you know, every day is a struggle, no matter, you know, what life you're living, there's some some sort of a struggle in every day. But if you realize the struggle over the, the good things that are happening, you're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to keep moving forward. You're going to be stuck in the past. You're going to be stuck in the moment. And mm-hmm. you can't do that. No, it's funny that you said that. Cause, um, you know, I've, I've started to work on affirmations and like, um, you know, realizing your blessings and before I even get out of bed. So today I posted a photo. I looked to my left, I had a cup of coffee and I, on my bed and I looked to my left and both of my girls were sleeping and I did a post about, you know, like in my mind, mentally thinking of just a handful of blessings, you know, three to five things that normally not big things, not, you know, my house or a roof over my head or, you know, stuff like my property, just the small things like my health. You know what I mean? I was sitting there and I, and I have allergies. It's so funny. It's something so small, but it's like important. Just like you said, it's like, don't dwell on the negative. There's negative every day, everywhere. Like, I'm sitting in my daughter's room right now. It was just because I just had to feed my baby. And like, so I needed to be close. So I was like, you know what, Summer, I'm just going to run to your room and we're going to knock this podcast out. And because I've got 10 things going on right now, but just my little, my allergies, you know, and I'm like, you know what? I have allergies sitting here with my cup of coffee, watching my baby sleep, but like, it could be so much worse. Like I am blessed with these, for these allergies right now. Like I'm blessed. Like, and my eyes were all like, it sneezes and it's a runny nose. And, you know, but I'm looking to my left and like my lungs, like with the COVID going on and like everything people struggle with right now, I'm right now in this moment, I'm going to realize when I take this snotty breath that I can breathe, that Mm -hmm. I can fill my lungs with air and I can freaking breathe. And that is a blessing. 
Okay. And I started with that one. And then I look down at my cup of coffee and I've got a, a fresh cup of coffee. I can wake up and I can make myself a cup of coffee. I am thankful for that. You know, and then I look over at my girls and, you know, so, and that's how I started my day today. But if we did that more often and I get chills thinking about it, cause like my day just started, like I was excited to do this podcast. And, but if we think of little things like that, imagine the, the people we would become or the day or the life we would have and create for ourselves. Yeah. It's crazy that just thinking, you know, allergies suck. There, there's no way of hiding that they suck. But, you know, thinking about it, like you were saying, it could be so much worse. Mm-hmm. Like you could, you know, be someone who has COVID, who is struggling to breathe right now, but you have allergies. And so that's so little, so minute. And it's like, okay, let's go. Like, you know. Let's not let's not think here for 20 minutes of how bad my allergies are and how much they suck. Let's just keep going. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely, you know, and that's the way you have to kind of look at even the military life of, you know, moving or, you know, saying goodbye to a loved one. It's it's there for a second. And then, you know, you have to figure out how to adapt to your new situations, whether that be you know, a household minus one or, you know, a new environment, a new base, a new post, whatever it may be, you have to figure out how to adapt to it. Um, I was actually going to ask you, and that's true. Uh, definitely adapt, adapting and overcoming no matter what your situation, um, with the military, obviously you said minus one, obviously your father, you know, um, growing up, because you're in school right now, which I follow yes. stuff. I'm very, <laughs> um, do you, would you say, so for me growing up with addiction and depression and mental health stuff, I, I connected to school. Like I attached myself to school from a very, very young age to school and sports. That was kind of like my, that your minus one, what you were going through the tears on the couch for me, they were different. My tears were different, but like that that helped me. So no matter right. no matter what I was going through, school was like my out. School was my my alter ego, you know, like so I could just forget about what I'm dealing with at home. I could forget about what's going on in my life and that and I would just dump myself, which made me successful as mm-hmm. hell. If it wasn't for the fact that in my my lowest moments, if I didn't dump myself in wrestling, amateur wrestling in high school education, I wouldn't have a bachelor's degree. I probably wouldn't be in WWE. I probably wouldn't have been honor graduate out of military police, the Marine Corps. You know what I'm saying? So like, what was your go-to? What has it always been school because of the military brat being in a military family? Like what helped you in those moments of other than counseling? Obviously you and I are both big on getting help speaking up, acknowledging it and and finding help instead of sitting with it. But what, like, has it always been school? Was there anything else as a military child that you use to your advantage to help you get through that? So, okay. When dad, dad had a seven year break in service. So most of my childhood was kind of still spent up in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Um, I was there till I was nine. And so up there, it was strictly like I, 
I loved school. Like I would come home from school and Kaylee, um, my little sister and I would just play and I'd be like, okay, I want to play school and I want to be the teacher. <laughs> like that's what we would do for fun. Like right. we would play school. I would be the teacher. Like she'd always ask to be the teacher and I'd be like, no, I'm going to be the teacher. I know more than you do. Like I can teach you more. <laughs> like I'm the oldest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's what we would do when we come home. And then in Texas, it was pretty much school too. Like that's what kept me going. That's still what keeps me going today. Um, but sports keep me going. I don't play sports, but I watch sports. Mm -hmm. And so that keeps me going too. Like when I'm having a bad day, um, like so on Thursday, I was at school and I was in the parking garage and I backed up and I hit one of the cars behind me. And so no. I was so mad. I was, it was a bad day. So I come home. Um, this actually brings a lot into of what I do when I'm having a bad day. But so I backed up, I hit this car. I was on the phone with mom and I had never really sworn in front of my parents before. And all I do is go shit. And she was like, what just happened? And She's like, I didn't even have time to like be like start kind of, you know, poking fun at you because you just swore. Right. But I was like, I just hit this car behind me. So we dealt with that. And then I came home and um, what I did is I took a shower because that helps calm me down That's a lot. Good. Yes. Yes. So I took a shower. Um, my new boyfriend is in town right now and he's a Marine, actually. So he will be going back to Japan in a couple days. So he came over, we went and got Legos and we built Legos. Mm -hmm. And my mom was like, you need to watch wrestling. Cause that's what I do is, you know, cause I obviously did not want to be doing school at this time. I had just spent all day at school and I was not into it. I did a little school, but I built Legos, watched, uh, I don't think I put wrestling on that day because Kaylee didn't want to watch it. But when I, you know, those are my bad days. Yeah. Like those are what I run to. Like I take a shower, I build Legos, I watch sports, mainly wrestling because mm -hmm. you know it just it's a little easier to get your anger out when you're watching wrestling than oh, yeah. watching like football or something. So and when you're you're doing when you're actually wrestling, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But school has always been my outlet because it's you have this. Uh, you have your syllabus in front of you. You have, you know, you have to get this done by this day. You have to get this done by this day. And I am not one to submit things late. I try my hardest not to. Um, I've probably only submitted less than 10 things late in my, like, probably almost three years of college now. So, you know, you have to cross those things off. You have to get them done. You have to. And so if you don't get them done, then what are you going to do? You're going to get You're to gonna fall back. You're in mentally like yeah. life's already hard enough, honey. Let's mm -hmm. make a plan and let's start checking those boxes off. I completely agree. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't have that, then sometimes like I have to make a to-do list of things to do. Mm -hmm. And as I go, I just check it off. And that's what I do. And that's what keeps me sane. Because if I don't, then... I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I don't know what, what my life is, would be like without, you know, just those little things that, you know, just keep keeping a schedule, keeping a tracking list of things to do, crossing things off. Like that's, 
seriously, that organization, that motivation is what keeps me going. You know, and it's funny that you mentioned that I'm huge on planners. Um, yep. You know, Mine is right here. Yes. I have probably like three or four at this point because my life is so all over the place. Um, but I have them and, and it's, you know, people, I feel like, and this is just my opinion. I have no scientific, like nothing I could back it up with other than my own success. Um, and not just financially, not just career wise. I'm talking like mental, mentally, mental health wise, um, is knowing your go-tos, mm-hmm. you know, you named three or four right off the bat, but when you know what helps you mentally, physically, emotionally across the board, it helps because you already know you're not going to turn to drugs or alcohol or depression or clamming up or shutting out. You, you know, okay, look, it's one of those days I hit a car, I'm late on bills. I have this, whatever's going on in your life. And okay, this is what I need to do. Yeah. Grab the Legos, take the shower, grab the coffee, go to the gym, whatever it is, you already know. So you're already one step ahead of this hard as hell life, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah. And even if you have to like write those things down, like when you're having a good day, sit down and write those things down on like a piece of paper and stick it on your fridge or your bulletin board or whatever. So when you're having those bad days, when you're in you know, a bad mood, you can just look and see, oh, I can do this right now. And sometimes, you know, Legos are expensive. Like, let's, let's be real. They're expensive. So I can't always go out and buy Legos. And so like, then you go the next thing. Okay. Well, I can go and turn on the TV and watch wrestling or watch whatever it may be for someone. And you know, that's, that's free. Like you can do that. No excuse. Yeah. That's real. That's something that I, me as now that I'm a WWE superstar, I can't tell you how many times it must be nice. It must be nice. Not everybody mm-hmm. can do. Well, let me tell you something. Before I was even a WWE superstar, before I was a Marine, I was in the trailer park, regular old kid living in a tent, whatever the case with an, an attic father, my mom, not there. And still, I still got up. I still wrote down my goals. I still went on my runs you know, there's, there's no excuse. Everybody can figure out what helps them at their lowest. It does not, like you said, you may not have the money to go out and buy the Legos or have the gym membership, but I can't tell you how many times, even in WWE, I would go out and grab a center block, a bucket, go on a run, do what I have to do to get a workout in to feel better about myself and what I'm going through. Poor pitiful me. Yes. I take it in. I acknowledge it. I accept it. I feel it. I wipe the tears. I let them fall, but I still get up. So like you said, you can do something. You could figure it out and still make it work no matter what position you're in. Yeah. No matter like, you know, how big your struggle is, like it may take a couple of days to get over, but once you're over it, then you can keep moving. You can keep going. Yeah. Because if you don't keep going, then you're just going to, you're going to be there for you know, until you decide you can't do it anymore and you have to keep going. Right. And for some people, that's the rest of their lives. Until they die. It'll kill you. It would like, it will kill you. Yeah. And there's so many people that you see nowadays that, especially even veterans too. And it's just, it's so sad. And they lose the fight. They lose, you know, um, PTSD is huge. And, and, And they, it's another like, it's not just veteran, like, like 
there are civilians, human beings that go through post-traumatic stress. Mm-hmm. It's literally after something that's shitty has happened in your life, post, you know what I mean? Like after yeah. that could happen to anybody. People go through so much in life. And, and I think that people fail to realize that like they hear PTSD and they automatically assume military. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not just military. It's, you know, there's a lot of people that go through a lot of things, but you need to acknowledge it. And like you said, it's sad. And it, it literally people lose the battle every single day, especially right now with the pandemic which is another reason why I love this podcast so much because we need this. We need this substance right now. We need this, this information that you cover because it's not worth your life. Your deepest times. And I'll use your father as an example. He made it. Yeah. And he didn't leave his kids behind. Unfortunately for my father, that wasn't the case. It beat him. The depression, the addiction, the PTSD, it, it won. And he lost that battle and he's dead. And he left seven children on their knees crying. And we will never get him back. But but he gave up. He lost the battle. And in, in part of my anger, which I'm still not, you know, now he's left with kids. We're, what, how are we? We're stuck to have to figure it out on our own. Not just figure out life. You know, we can't call daddy. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking, we're left to figure out the pain. There's so many questions unanswered, like without tearing up, but like, why is your dad can go through what he went through? He can't even walk. He cannot stand up to his feet and and look you in the eye. And yet he's still, he's still here for his girls. Why Mm -hmm. the hell couldn't my dad push through what he was going through? And he had two feet he could stand on, but he still... So part of my anger, and that's not right for me to think like that. That's because, you know, there's demons in my dad's closet that were, you know, but it, it still makes me so angry that that I, I'm now without my father. You know, why couldn't my dad be as strong as your father was? Why, you know, and, but there's so many unanswered questions that, but I'm left with a, a broken heart because of it. And every day I have to push through and tell the world that you you hurt more people than just yourself and there's nothing you can't get past and if he could just if he would have just pushed past that moment of what he was feeling and and stayed alive one more day there's no telling the man he could have been the 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 women his children could have been and and now it's 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 it is what it is and we struggle with it every day but we got to keep going that's one thing like my mom always says is uh, especially when Kaylee and I got a little older, she kept telling us, you know, every we'd see people just kill themselves because they can't take it anymore. And she'd look at us and be like, you cannot think like that. And if you do, you need to call someone and you have a list of people in your phone that if you don't want to talk to me or your dad, you can call other people and be like, hey, I, I just need to talk. And that's what you have to do. And, you know, sometimes it's calling a stranger, like, you know, going up to like some stranger in a coffee shop or something like someone is going to listen to you. Someone is going to be there for you. And you have to push through. Mm-hmm. There's 1-800 numbers out there uh, to mm-hmm. also <laughs> that you should yeah. probably have that at the bottom of the screen. Like, you know, right. <laughs> veteran numbers, civilian yes. numbers, like reach out, reach out and touch somebody. That's your dad will know what that means. (laughs) 
<laughs> you have to, you know, you have to keep pushing through those struggles. And no matter what lifestyle you live, you have to do it. Right. Yeah. It's it's hard, but you have to do it. And once you get past it, you'll you'll realize at the end of the rainbow, like, you know, there is a pot of gold. Like we just came up on dad's tenure um of when he got hurt back in November. And it's a whole new world from what we what we started with. And right. it's insane to think of how 10 years has gone by so far. Or what would have happened, you know, not to to you know, right tag on the negative, but like, you know, that's one of those moments, like 10 years, man, if I would have let myself be in that negative position, where would mm. I, be? and, um, and it wouldn't be where he was or where he is, his no. girls wouldn't be who they are. His mm-hmm. wife wouldn't be who she, you know what I'm saying? So it's, um, like you said, there's a rainbow, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You just have to get to the end of it. Yeah. And once you get there, you'll realize that it was all worth it. Mm -hmm. That struggle, those challenges, it was worth it. A hundred percent. Yeah. What is it like, you know, now having the platform that you have, what are you doing to help get that message out there of, you know, you can do it, you can keep going. You know, we see it in your, your character on TV and like seeing that motivation, you know, through your character, but what is it like on the outside kind of trying to push through and push that message out? It's a little hard just because like, sometimes I play a bad guy on TV. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't kind of, you know, it doesn't connect well. Like one minute I'm saying, you nasties and and I'm beating people up for no reason. The next minute I'm telling the people we can do it. Um, Mm -hmm. But my passion is to help people. And so, I mean, my social media, I feel like a lot of people take social media nowadays, um, how they shouldn't. It's such a terrible, it could be such a terrible place, but also an amazing place. Um, So I try to ensure that the posts that I make are raw and real. And I, and I try to do more positive than negative. So yes, I've been through a lot. Um, yes. Some days I am in the bathroom crying and need, and need to physically be picked up. Um, but I don't really post those often and, and not because I hide it, not because, you know, I don't want the world to, it's because they need more positive every day. All you know, you see negative, you see fights in Walmart, you see uh, suicides, you see all, you know, but what about the good? What about like my, my morning post today, the affirmations, the, you know, just little reminders because, you know, my platform, like you said, is huge. And I try to use that to when, when people see, when they're scrolling with their morning cup of coffee and they come, they stumble upon my posts, it's not going to be you know, was in the bathroom crying again today. No, it's going to be what I did to push through that. You know what I mean? Because yeah, they can, they can relate to crying in the bathroom. They could be sad and like every, everybody knows, but, but man, that I'm going to do that. I'm going to step outside and take those three deep breaths. Lacey Evans took today and I'm going to push through. And so that's kind of like my mindset. Um, of, of being a a WWE superstar, having the platform that I do. Um, and regardless if I'm good or bad on TV, I'm going to remind the world that we can do it, that you can do it and, and try to keep my, my, uh, social media real. 
um, even down to your body. Nothing's perfect in this world. Mm -hmm. Nothing. And um, give me some spray tan, 10 pounds of makeup, honey. And I could look like the best. That ain't life. That ain't how people look. And, and it's, I think it's important. And I, my opinion is that people like myself that have this platform, I think that we have a responsibility and a duty to, to help our youth and to help the world know those things. So uh, I see a, a lot of accounts that, you know, they portray this, this false sense of, of what life is. And I'm not, I'll never do that. I will never you know, make my social media photoshopped it, which is fine. I'm not knocking anybody who does it, but me personally, I'm not photoshopping anything. Photoshop, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> you know, I might put a very small filter on like, you know, to show the, cause I don't, you know, if I'm not tanned, you know, to show my, my progress because there is mm-hmm. a muscle there. I'm just so white that you can't see, you know, but you know, but I'm not going to, to, to make anything fake. You know, I show the world how it is. I mean, while I was pregnant, after I had the baby, my body, my, my, my journey, the hard work I put in, like, you know, and the goods and the bads because nobody's body's perfect. And, um, and we all got to work every day for something. You just got to get up and keep doing it. Yeah. And you even mentioned, uh, your pregnancy, like that's a journey in itself. You go through so many physical changes, so many even mental changes that, you know, I'm sure one day I'll experience, but like you documented that so well, and you still do that journey back to, you know, where you were before you had Sunny. And it's just, it's an incredible change to see. And not many people realize that it is a struggle to get back to where you were before you had a child. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing like people put, I know I've been blessed with my pregnancy, but I've also worked, you know, nine months worked out every day, Yeah, you know? So, cause I don't, I don't come from, you know, my, my genes aren't, aren't the best. Like I, my parents are bigger and my dad was big and I had gestational diabetes. I had low thyroid, like so that's something that I struggled with. I had to make sure to eat right. I had to, you know, and those were hard days. There were days I was literally crying about my food because a pregnant woman can go sit with a tub of ice cream and in a Big Mac and be like, oh, this is, you know, diabetes. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, low thyroid, like it, it just, so it was hard. And I, so, but like you said, it's something that I struggled with, but you can make excuses all day long. Or you can get up, eat the damn salad, drink the water, you know, and, and make sure to go out and go on a walk. You know, you, even though you're gaining weight, you it's, you know, it's part of, part of the journey, part of the process. But, um, I just stayed busy and I made sure to, to stay healthy and show the world that, yeah, I may, I, my comeback is going to be just as strong as my body was when I was getting pregnant. I stayed working out and, and it was hard, but I showed the world that you could do it. You can do anything you set your mind to. Yeah. And it's not easy, you know, in a world where you're not an athlete, you can have a child and you can go back to work fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. That's that's one thing. But when you're an athlete, it takes so much longer. And you see that in the sports world. It takes so much longer to come back after you have a child. 
It oh. takes so much more work and dedication and effort to be back to where you once were. Women, um, I'm not saying men don't go through it, but mm-hmm. let me tell you, as an athlete and as a woman, it's one of the hardest things that I've had to to do um, because mm. in the military, there's plenty of jobs that you could do while pregnant. You can right. you could still make a difference. You could still hold it down. You could still do what you need to do. An athlete, you're done. You're as a WWE wrestler, they're very, very protective of their talent. Um, so the minute, you know, there, that was it. No, no more TV, no more, you know, they had to protect and make sure. And they're very good at that. Very supportive. But as a woman, it was very hard for me to swallow because if you're a man and you get, you, you have, you're having a baby, you could still go to TV. You could still go and have the match. I have to wait. And then once I have the baby, I still have to wait. I still have to, you know, and that was hard, but it's part of being, I'm the mommy, I'm the woman and, but I'm getting back at it and uh, working every day. You know, it's what we got to do. Yeah. And it, like, it seemed like you were a really good spot in your career too. Like oh, really good spot before you left. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, before I left. Yeah, <laughs> I was right there. I could taste the title, you know, I could smell it. But um, it's part of, of being not only a woman, but being a mom. It's part of being a wife. Um, you know, I've been with my husband since I was 15 years old and he is the best daddy in the world and he deserves, he deserves to be a dad. And, um, you know, we wanted, we've always wanted another child. Um, I just couldn't because I'm a woman and I'm an athlete and Mm -hmm. I was in the military like you. So it was hard, but, um, they were very, very supportive WWE incredible company. They were, you know, they, um, they let me be a mom. They let me be a wife and they let, they let me become another mother. And, um, it was, it's, it's been incredible. I can't wait to get back though. (laughs) I know we can't wait to see you back. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. That's going to be an exciting day when we hear that music hit again. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Um, what is it kind of like, you know, you know, most people kind of grow up watching, you know, wrestling, watching, you know, these people, they're so motivated by these people, like kind of. Uh, you know, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man and, you know, in my generation, like you, Becky Lynch, you know, those people are just so motivational to, you know, just, you know, average people. Mm -hmm. And so what is it like kind of getting there and then meeting these people and being like, you were so motivational? Like, did you watch wrestling as a kid? And were you able to kind of see that? No. Um, and I think that that worked in my favor a little bit. Uh, but then also there's been, you know, a lot of negatives being in the game and not, um, I wasn't a fan. I didn't grow up watching it. I had, like I said, a very rough upbringing. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was working to starting at 14, um, struggling with, with my family's addiction. And so my life was way different than, than your average, uh, child's. I wasn't on grandmommy's you know, carpet watching wrestling on Sundays or all these stories that you hear, you know, and that's when I felt like I didn't have that life. Um, so mine was the polar opposite. I didn't have time to watch that much less, you know, get into, I didn't even have time to really watch TV. I was, I was trying to work my way out of such a terrible lifestyle and life at a very young age. Um, so 
the negative side of that is, you know, so I had to learn from scratch. I had to learn what a WWE star was. I had to learn what wrestling was, uh, what sports entertainment was. Um, and it was, it was very scary. Uh, I knew what my, I knew confidence. I knew how to come from the bottom and work my ass off to, to learn what I needed to learn. Um, and I knew that nothing was going to break me. I've been broken so, so much in my life that now that the older I got, it was like, it was, I was numb to everything. And, um, so I had that to my advantage. You can't break me. You, I mean, I don't care if I don't know how to do everything that you're telling me, I will go out there and I will do my damn best and I'll come back again and again and again. Um, so, but yeah, I, so I didn't have that, but when I seen them, they're just larger than life characters and people and backstage. And so it's been incredible to, to learn the business, but also see these, they are some of the most hardworking people I've ever met in my life. You know, uh, we, as you know, we travel over 300 days a year. Um, we juggle families, we juggle, um, working out and our bodies and our flexibility and our strength and our acting and our, there's so much that we have to juggle and so little days to do it in because we're always on the go. We're living out of suitcases and um, getting to see these, these people that like, like you saw growing up and, and getting to watch them live this life and go out there and be these larger than life characters there. It's incredible. But to see the back, the backstage, because they are these larger than life characters, even backstage, they are just incredible. I mean, what y'all don't get to see is the 5 a.m. workouts that they mm-hmm. do. They don't just walk, you know, they don't just show up to Raw and 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 perform for, for the fans. No, they wake up early. They put in the work. They eat right. They push themselves. They drive. They... It's so much more than what people think. And I get to see it firsthand and, and get to be one of them. Um, so it's incredible when we get the support from the fans on the back end because it makes it all worth it. Yeah. And, you know, you've mentioned so many different aspects of your life. And, you know, even with wrestling, you know, there's so many different the travel, the the early mornings, the workouts, things like that. How does the military life that you you know, you once lived and, you know, still in an aspect do live, how does that tie into, you know, everything you've been through? Um, the military, um, and if you listen, like in WWE, I'm billed from Paris Island and that's where I went to boot camp. Um, because my father did construction and with being an addict and, you know, that lifestyle, you move around a lot. Um, so I really didn't have a place that I lived long enough to, to feel like it was home. And the minute I become a United States Marine or the minute I became a United States Marine, I, uh, I felt like that's when I became who I am and that's where I'm from because it has taught me so much, uh, the traits, the, the dependability, the initiative, the integrity, the motivation, the drive, uh, the adaptability. I mean, they, when you go to boot camp in the military in the Marine Corps and you go there for three months, they completely break you down. They, you know, and they build you back up to be this confident, hard charging motivator. And um, so, and I ended up just living in Paris Island in Beaufort um, because that was, you know, that's where I'm from. That's, I'm going to build, that's where I'm going to have my children. That's where I'm going to build my family. That's where I'm going to break the cycle. And that's where I'm going to be built from because the minute I became a United States Marine, that's what, that's who I am because they made me the woman I am today, because before then at 19, 
I came from the addiction, the depression, the mental health issues. And once I joined the military, that's where I decided, no, I'm going to build myself back up with the, mili- with the military's help to be a motivated woman that can push forward. And so I use that now in, in WWE where, you know, we got 3 a.m. wake up calls, 5, 5 a.m. flights. I still have to push myself to work out. I still have to homeschool my daughter. I still have to pack my bags. I still have to be ready to go. The military, the military gave me that discipline. Like literally I went from United States Marine Corps, you know, working out through zero three wake up, zero four formations, uh, run swim runs, the smell of dirt, the, the achy body from being outside in the cold at position of attention to, okay, let's pack another bag because WWE is calling my name and I've got a, I got a flight at zero five and I've got a match tonight. So let's go. And they, they gave me the discipline and the drive, I think, and the dedication and knowing that feeling of being able to adapt no matter what you're put through, no matter how many fans are out there, no matter live media days, it's like, all right, Marine, let's go. And, and so I've been able to, to do just that in WWE. Yeah. And you know, you take your family along with you most of the times, right? Absolutely. So I'm a mom first and foremost. I'm a yeah. wife second and uh and then I'm a sports entertainer and um I they come with me almost every single time um but it's because they're my why they're the reason mm-hmm. why I do what I do anyway so what good is it without them yeah they're the my family are, is everything to me um and I I struggled juggling being a mom and being a WWE superstar um but I'm a mother first and my babies come first so yes, they, they, when I pack my bags, I pack their diapers and, and their school books too, because I'm a, I'm a mother. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really important too. And, you know, it's not necessarily the military life of, you know, moving and growing, you know, growing up with the military surrounding you, but WWE in a sense, you know, shows that as well. And, you know, you're moving, there's, there's so many moving pieces. There's, you know, those flights, those early mornings and, you know, you have to teach your kids to adapt to that and to, you know, even the military life, you have to figure it out as you go. It's not, you know, you can't just read a little book saying this is how your life is going to go. This is what you're going to do. You have to be able to adapt as you go. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time today, but thank you so much for being on and and sharing and just talking. And, you know, I've enjoyed talking to you again because, you know, I loved hanging out with you that one day. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Keep doing this because this is awesome. Thank you. All righty. Have a good one. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you.